0: Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit www.therockonline.org. And now, a message from The Rock of Gainesville. You know, it's pretty cool to be able to get to jump in on this series. I have a great friend who for, for years says, has said that statement, stay in your lane, stay in your lane. And uh, we were joking, one of, one of our other friends texted him and said, hey, we're finally preaching your sermon series after all these years, man, stay in your lane. So, as always, thanks to Pastor George and Suzanne for the opportunity to stand up and bring the word. It is a, um, it's a great privilege and also a serious responsibility I don't take lightly. So, again, uh, thank you for being here to receive it as well. So, we are talking about staying in our lane, and we've been on this for a few weeks now, and we're going to continue today and kind of drive this point home even more. And, um, and I want to read a couple of scriptures, and then we're going to pray and, uh, and jump right into this thing. And uh, the focus that we're going to take before we read that is this idea of having no distractions. Okay? No distractions, because that's really the essence of what we want to focus on as we stay in our lane. We want to not be distracted to go to the left or to the right, but to know where is it that God would have us put our attention and focus so that we can then be effective in what he's called us to do. So let's read the word this morning. Hebrews 12, 1 through 2 says this. Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that he has set before us looking to jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of god philippians 3 12 through 15 says this not that i've already obtained this or i'm already perfected but i press on to make it my own because christ jesus has made me his own Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of you who are mature think this way, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Let's pray. Father, thank you this morning for the opportunity to open up your word together, to look into what you have to say to us today. Oh, we are grateful, people, to be in your house. We were glad when they said to us, let us go to the house of the Lord today, and we are grateful to open our ears and open our hearts and know that by your grace, we can receive what it is that you have for us to receive today and be forever changed for the better, for your glory, and for your honor and our joy. In Jesus' name, everybody say that. Amen. Amen. So staying in your lane, again, we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks, and we want to I wanna get into this a little bit more today. So staying in your lane is a concept that relates to everyone generally, but also to each of us very specifically. There are things that apply to everyone in a race, but there will always be things that apply to each runner individually. Like some of you guys remember, I I preached a, a little over a year ago, a sermon about setting our focus and setting our course as a runner. And I, and I joked, uh, Pastor Hector said I should go find that middle school track photo of me in, in the track shorts. And I was like, nah, I'm going to go ahead and spare everybody of that imagery and not do that. So uh, maybe it'll be forthcoming in private circles, but not in public. We're just going to put that out there, okay, just so you know. But each runner in a race has to focus on what they need to do in particular. There's general rules that apply to everybody, similar to how we come into the kingdom of God. There's stuff that's for everybody, and then there's stuff that's for you in particular, in your specific lane and your specific calling. So one of the core issues, like we're talking about today, is this idea of not being distracted, not being turned to the left or to the right. It brought me to a story of a a kid who I ran track with in high school, and this kid was amazing. And it was fully expected that he would go all four years to state and possibly win all four years at state in his event. In freshman year, he did it, killed it all year long, and like we figured, he went to state. And because of distraction, of him and another runner, he was injured within the first 100 meters of his race and was done. That was the season because of distraction. Not only him, but somebody else. And it caused him to fumble, turn his ankle, and that was the end of the season because of distraction. He, he came back and was able to run again. But again, that moment okay, was lost because of this idea of distraction. So we want to be in a position that we know, man, what are the distractions that are coming against us? How do we overcome those so that we can focus in on what God has called us to do? So again, every runner has to stay focused on the track in front of them. And so I want to take a few minutes. I want to look at what are the forms that distraction comes in? What does it look like when it comes to our lives? So that then we can know, okay, this is a distraction and I can turn away from this and I can keep myself focused and I can stay in my lane, okay? So the first one. Is the most obvious. I'm gonna go from like the most obvious to, to like the least obvious here, okay? So the first one is sin, okay? That's normally what we look at when we read through Hebrews chapter 12, 1. We see the idea of sin and that we need to put aside sin. And so basically, it feels good to me in my flesh and I want it, whatever that looks like, whatever sin that is, okay? That's something you know. It's out of step with what God has called us to do, who he's called us to be. It dishonors his name, but my flesh just wants to do it, and so I'm pursuing that. 1 John 2, 15 through 17 says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride of life, is not from the Father, but it's from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever, which is where we want to be. We want to be in that place where we abide forever and we continue in God's purpose and his plans for us. But sin, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, is what causes us to be detracted from that place. And so that's the most obvious distraction or weight. Sin. Those things that we know we need to turn from. And can I encourage you this morning, if there is sin in your life that you are holding on to, lay it aside. Whether it be alcoholism, whether it be sexual addictions of some kind, whether it be a love of money, whether it be um, an extreme amount of, of disbelief, whether it be unforgiveness of something somebody's done, whatever it is, lay it aside because it's something which is going to distract you from the purpose that God has for you and, and cause you to not be able to run in your lane effectively. Because sin is exactly that. It's an impediment and it's, and it's something which God wants us to be free from. That's why Jesus came, not just to give you a blanket prayer of, hey, be saved and keep doing what you do, but to be saved and then be changed from the inside out so that forever you can walk in the freedom he calls you to to walk in. So we got to lay it aside. Hebrews 1 again says, therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Throw off sin. Two, coveting what someone else has. That brings us back to point one, because coveting is a sin, okay? So it brings us right back to point one of you being weighed down by a sin that's causing your life to not be in the mold and in the shape and in the fashion that God has called it to be. It's marring what God has created for you to walk in and the race he's called you to run in. So basically it's, why can't I have that? And it's again, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, which causes us to want those things that we should not desire to have. And also sometimes it'll cause you to want something and lust for something which in the context where it exists is good. Like that other person's wife or that other person's stuff. It might be just fine in their context, but it's not for you. For you, it's sin for you to have that because you already got a wife. (laughs) Hello? (laughs) You already have stuff that you are steward over and that you don't need to be lusting after somebody else's stuff. Okay, so there's a coveting aspect that will cause us to walk in sin, which is causing us to be then distracted away from the race that God has given us. Let me, let me give you a tip. You probably already this. you could complete the statement for me. If you needed it, God would give it to you. All right. By his grace, God would give it to you. It wouldn't be something you have to go out and get by your flesh. If you needed it, God would give it to you. Trust him that everything that's necessary, the word says everything that pertains to life and to godliness has already been provided by his divine power. So let's appropriate what he has already provided by his divine power rather than lusting after things that we don't need to be about. Okay? By his divine power, he's provided what we need. So we don't want to be in a place of coveting. It's a distraction. Next, concerning yourself with what you think someone else should do. Hmm... How about that? (laughs) That's one of the tough ones, right? The sin was obvious, the covenant, okay. But oh, yeah. Why don't you care about my cause? How come you haven't joined my group? Why don't you do what I'm doing? Because I'm worried about what you need to be doing rather than what I should be doing. I mean, we're, 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 we're bad about it sometimes. Well, you know, I got this ministry and this thing, and I think everybody should do this. Like, if they were really holy, they'd be doing what I'm doing in this group here. And what we do is we import pridefulness into our pursuit, which ought to be done in humility before the Lord, but we imported pride And oh, okay. Got to get real for a minute here. So We're going to import pride with us because, man, if you were really holy, you'd be in my lane with me. So guess what I have to do then? I have to now step out of my lane into your lane to try to bring you into my lane. So what I meant, wrong course. Come on, help me out. You don't have to say amen. Just say, hmm, okay. We're out of our lane. Why? Because I'm concerned with what you need to be doing. And I should be concerned myself saying, Lord, what is it that I'm supposed to do? And if there's people who are going to join in it, then cool. But let's pray for those Who are in that fight with us and then let's pray for those who are in a different lane over here well you know i'm in this ministry and man man, we're out here and every week we're feeding the homeless good praise the lord he's supposed to be over there doing that you know why because we have the mind of christ saith the scriptures we not you alone (laughs) we and so he's got representatives all over so don't worry about what your brother or your sister's doing encourage build them up strengthen edify But don't try to force everybody into your lane and your ministry and your race. Everybody's got to do it like me? No, not in particular, okay? Last one. It's a big one, but again, it's the least. One of the ones that we don't really see as a distraction because it's so common to us. Measuring yourself by other people. Man, that's what I should have in my life or that's what my life should be like. Everybody know what FOMO is? Fear of missing out. Cause I'm over here with my cellular phone and then, oh, okay, cool. Oh man, praise God. Look at what God's doing over here. Wow. Good, oh man. Ooh. Like, double like, love. <laughs> oh wow, oh. Oh wow, she had a baby. And dang, that girl's working it. And I'm over here with this, I still got this extra 30 on me. And she already has, wow, her and her husband. Wow, they look like they just came off the photo shoot. And we're over here trying to put together these busted old clothes we have. Oh, wow, look at that. Oh, man, I I just preached this morning. He just preached. Oh, my God, he preached, and 86 million people got saved in that one service at his church. Oh, my God, and there was like three in mine. (sighs) Out of your lane. Time out. Out of your lane. Who's to say? You're over here upset about your five people in your connect group. Maybe that's the five you're supposed to minister to. Well, he got 50 oh, over here, Jesus. Good. If you needed 50, you'd have 50. Just being real. I mean, sometimes we get all off, off off, track. You know, the guy who won Billy Graham the Christ could be like, man, I only won a couple people. <laughs> but you won Billy. Okay? Think about it. If you could be about what's, think about it. There's some people, you might just be called to win one or two. Because that, that person is gonna go beyond what you could ever imagine. But you can't see that grand scheme because you're not, sometimes we're not trusting God that he's gonna do a work, as the word says, exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Okay, we're, we're trying to fit it into our own thought process. So here we are measuring ourselves by other people and not realizing that we have this, this, this culture of comparison And this culture of comparison causes us to then have to put ourselves in these categories in these boxes to fit what somebody else is like, rather than saying, Man, what does the Lord call me to do? You're over here looking at your business like, man, I got these few employees, but this dude's over here making it rain with his money and he's starting his fireplace with money practically because it's just they're just getting they're just wow, prospering. But I'm over here trying to figure out how to pay my employees. Let's trust God where we are. Maybe you need some wisdom in that, but let's stay in our lane and don't try to put yourself to be like him because you might not ever be supposed to be over here. You might not be supposed to living, be living in that area or in that level of financial accomplishment because that's where he was called. You might be called here. You do realize that somebody has to live in this neighborhood, somebody has to live in this neighborhood, and somebody has to live in that other neighborhood. If we want a kingdom representative everywhere, and see, I won't get a lot of amens on that. It's like, well, you know, God's always ever taking me up another notch. Really? Is he always? In the exact same way as he did for him or her? Your next level might be something else. Your your next level might be, you don't want to hear this, but your next level might be a drop in income to do what he's called you to do. Hello? When I brought my wife home to homeschool, my income went, Oh no. (laughs) But it was what the Lord said. They'd be like, oh, Lord, you're always in grace. So if my wife comes home, I'm supposed to have double the salary. Yes, Jesus. Really? Might be that the step of faith was that you're going to have a drop so that you could see, are you really going to follow me? I mean, come on, man. The cross is not a massage chair. Oh, that's good, though. Oh, <laughs> I got to say that again. I got to go back to the tape for that one. Seriously, the cross is not a massage chair. I saw people in Sam's the other day. Bunny trail, I'm gonna chase it anyway. People in Sam's with the big massage chairs—the one that like come down to like your around your ankles and legs and all these people are in there about to fall asleep in the middle of Sam's testing the chairs out. And now, uh, I'm sure they sold a couple that day. But but that again, it, it's not all about comfort. It's what did the Lord call you to do, and are you gonna be faithful to it? Okay. What does that that mean? What does that look like? And reject that culture of comparison and run in the lane that the Lord has for you and not be distracted by what somebody else is doing. Because here's the deal. Once once you know who you're called to be, find out what you are called to do. Okay? Once you know who you're called to be, there's things we're all called to. And there's some specific things that, that you are called to. As a a believer, generally speaking, but then there's some specific things that you're supposed to get up and do that only you can do in the lane that God has called you to run in. Distraction free. Distraction free. So let's talk about how do we get to that place of being properly prepared to not be distracted. So to focus on your race, you must be well-equipped to be free from distraction. You have to be well-equipped to be free from distraction. And this comes in a few different ways. And so I, I pulled out three things, which I feel like apply to all of us, that are vehicles for us to be equipped for the race so that we can be focused, distraction-free, and fulfill what God has called us to do. So how are we equipped? Number one, this first area is the five-fold ministry. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, this is Jesus. Um, the Apostle Paul's writing, and this is, this, is, this is what Jesus did, what he paid for in his death resurrection and ascension this is this is what he left here so verse 11 and he gave the Apostles the prophets the evangelists the shepherds and teachers to equip those Saints for the work of the ministry for the building up of the body of Christ and side note here I'll take a pause if you're coming with a come see attitude to church I want to encourage you to see that revolutionized in your life To, to have a come receive and give attitude at church receive as long as you need to receive but you're also going to be giving out because i don't ever i don't think the receiving ever stops because god's always doing a work in us but there is a giving out that needs to happen there doesn't need to be a i'm on the outside rings here spectating and one day maybe if i'm good enough or if i think i feel like i want to jump in i'll jump in jump in get into what god is calling you to do because he wants to equip you for a great work in your life that only you are called to do Verse 13, till we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. It's getting out of your lane. Instead of being focused without distraction, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the Head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it it is equipped, when each part is working properly, staying in their lane, properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So there's a work that the fivefold ministry does to equip. Secondly, there's a personal work personally our connection with the father when we come to him through the work of jesus we now have this personal devotional life that we're able to experience ephesians two ten says this for we are his workmanship created in christ jesus for good works which god prepared beforehand that we should walk in them Again, we are called to take up those good works and walk in them, and God prepared them, but we partner with him for our purpose. Philippians 2, 12 to 13 says this, Therefore, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Again, you're taking up your part, and God's doing a a part, okay? You're stepping out in obedience, and God is helping do a work in your life. Okay, so there's that personal work of devotion. You got to know what that is. My encouragement, again, I'm going to pause for another spiritual public service announcement. Have a personal devotional life, whatever that looks like for you. Don't get out of your lane looking at your brother or sister. Some of y'all are crazy because you get up at 4.30 in the morning to spend time with God. That's crazy for me because at 4.30 in the morning, I am fellowshipping with Pastor Pillow and Minister Mattress. One hundred. Seriously. Because, like, I don't want to be up. having But if he calls me, like, there's been times and Holy Spirit woke me up at, like, 1.30, 2.00, and I was like, that's got to be you, Lord. Because <laughs> I'm not out of the flesh getting up at these times to do anything, okay, except get water and go back to sleep, okay? So if that's you, cool. But if you're 6.30, if you're 8, if you're an afternoon person, if you're a late in the midnight hour kind of person, whatever your time is, you need to be with him. Yeah. There's things he wants to say to you. Not to your pastor, not to your teacher, not to your friend, your mama, or whoever else, but to you. And hear his voice so that personally God is doing a work in you and equipping you. Thirdly, relationships. I'm going to go in a few different directions here and bring them all together here. Deuteronomy 6 6 through 9 says this And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house. When you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes and you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. This is the word of God being taught. And the part I want to focus in on is that that, that child who receives from their parent, who has a calling, that parent who has a calling to speak into the life of their child, disciple, teach, train, lead them to Jesus. And they have that place in relationship that they're able to receive. Also, Psalm 122, verse 1 says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord, just like we quoted a little earlier, joyfully coming to the house of God. Joyfully coming to that place why a place of relationship a place of connection again in which you're going to receive More and more equipping and training and teaching and building up for the call you have and for the Distraction-free race in your lane. Okay on that same note Hebrews 10 24 to 25 says this Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works not neglecting to meet together Mmm Jesus, we got to pause and let that sink in in 2019. Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. I'm going to pause there on Hebrews 10. 2019, the statistic that's given now is that the average Christian who claims to be a Christian in America attends church 1.6 times per month. One. Point six times per month during football season people who are fans ain't watching 1.6 games per month i promise you that you're not going to work 1.6 times per month <laughs> you're surely not the business owners are looking at me like if you want to get a different job you are <laughs> but but as the word tells us here don't don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together and we do sometimes why because we can get isolated why because it's easy to click and praise god for the streaming and for the for the watching after the fact and for the podcasting and whatever else great resources it's not a substitute it's not a substitute honest truth and you know and even with the online stuff like, if, if I didn't just care and Pastor George and all of us as leaders didn't care, it, it's honestly easier for some people because they'll still send their money. Can I be real? Yeah. With online giving and stuff, some people would be like, oh, I'll be in and out, and then I'll send my money still because you'll feel a little better. Did the giving thing. I can watch the sermon after the fact. Cool. But. The word calls us that we can't forsake the assembling of ourselves together because there's a mandate. When the people of God come together, there is a work that's done. There's an authority present for society to be impacted and change. But we're steadily thinking, oh, I'm, I'm just as good if I hit click on this and watch this again. And then, oh, guess what else happens? Then I can be distracted by the six other churches that had awesome services, which were so much better than my church. Oh, so, Oh, I did put it out there, didn't I? and I would, that'd that would be so awesome if we could be like that out of your lane again cuz trust me if i roll up on this beautiful woman of mine that i live with like hey baby um over at Jenny's house she had like a roast and like special bread that she made Jenny's she like who's Jenny <laughs> bread and like made these special cupcakes that she just got from pinterest and it was like she did a dance and it was like amazing but we're eating this I better not unless I want a black eye tonight. But because, again, we get out of our lane and into comparison, we're over here and we do that in church sometimes. If that's where God calls you, that's where God calls you. And if you've got things you want to offer at the table and bring in and see change and impact, cool. But don't be sitting there with spiritual FOMO looking at, oh, if I was, if I was somewhere else, then I'd be super awesome. All right. It's a removal of responsibility that we're called to. OK, it's like I tell my kids, I'm like, you got to wash these dishes because this is our house. Their house is super cool, but you live here. <laughs> no, <what> I mean, <laughs> you ain't ready for that word. This is our house. That grass, I was joking with my son because, you know, it's been winter, so and we just moved into a new house a little while ago. Um, oh, yeah, yeah pr- listen to the last message. You want to hear about my process of moving into a new house. <laughs> the, uh, the grass, the sod they just put down, and it was during winter in December, so I haven't had really a chance for my grass to grow yet, but I was looking out the window, and you could see the little bits growing up, and I said, son, it's almost time for you to get out and cut some grass. <laughs> like I did that. It's like, not us, <laughs> you. <laughs> you know? Why? Because that, that's that's the place of responsibility we've been given. Yeah, right. And we can we can make that fleshly, but there's actually something very spiritual about that. Because it's about responsibility where God's given you. We're in your lane, not distracted by what somebody else's lane is. All right. Colossians three tells us this let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. So we're called to encourage and to build one another up. So again, these three things work together. We've got the five-fold ministry, we've got your personal devotion, devotional life, and then we've also got relationships. And here's let me give you an example of how that works, okay? Simone, come here, baby. She didn't know I was gonna call her up. I'm gonna call it my baby girl. Come here, baby. She's probably down here asking her mom for a snack or something, but you gotta keep her on her toes. Come here, come here, let me pick you up. I can still pick her up. So Simone, Simone recently, Um, prayed to receive Jesus in her life. And now it's a really exciting moment for us in our lives, but I saw this interplay here because she's our daughter who we've been training and raising and teaching and now led her to Jesus, right? And so she's got the beginning of it now. Through relationship, she's now come to the Lord. And now we're teaching her. She's got a little Bible and as she learns to read more, she's gonna have a personal devotional life like all our kids learn to have. Because then out of that personal relationship, you're in a greater way impacted by the house of God that you're joined to and that you come to. And the five-fold ministry speaks into your life and there's a work that happens. And then eventually, guess what happens? She's going to talk to one of her friends. Kids are bold evangelists. Don't, don't, don't stop them. <laughs> don't stop your children. They're some bold evangelists when you let them loose. And they're going to talk to a friend and that friend is going to come then to a personal place of receiving what Jesus has to say for their life. And then out of that, through relationship, again, they're going to be more strengthened and emboldened in the house of God to receive. So it's a cycle that continues, and we're equipped, and out of that, we're equipped so that we can be distraction-free and fulfill the call. Okay, bye. Love you. <laughs> Give it up for Simone. Don't fall. Be careful. God's impromptu. I'm not going to charge you any extra for that one. Um, so you see this interplay of all the different things God's given us. Why? Because if we go to Romans 8:28, what does it say? It says this, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. So you might not see all the pieces of the puzzle working, but God is doing a work to put all of it together to do a work so that everything can work together for your good, which is whatever that looks like, not what your friend's race looks like, not running in your lane and you're looking over, why doesn't my life look like his? Why don't I have that opportunity? Why haven't I come to that level? It's because that's not your lane. Don't worry about that. Because you're going to become distracted and then you're over here looking in another lane. than you should, which is my eye on the prize of what Jesus has said for me. What has he said for me? Because that culture of comparison is a beast. You get into that and you start to look at things from a different perspective rather than, is this what God said? Now it's, does God love me? Now, man, did I hear God? Can I even hear God? When the Lord says, This is what I called you to do, stay in that lane. Okay? A dear friend of mine, who I'm not gonna blow up his whole story in public, but he's sitting in the auditorium right now, had to make some choices several years ago that not everybody understood. But he said, I'm gonna do what the Lord said to do. And because of that, I'm going to see fruit produced in my life. And Okay, cool. You went about, I think he went with the minimum. It was like two other witnesses, <laughs> like it says in the scripture. <laughs> but will you do it? Because you heard the Lord. Because you said, this is my lane. Everybody did not have to understand it. I don't even understand it sometimes. But I know God spoke to me. But why? Because I've been connected with him personally, and he can speak to me in a way that I can understand. And I can know what the purpose is he has for me specifically. Okay so again there's two things here that we want to look at shiraj you can go ahead and come man i'm a little ahead of my time but i I want some i'm not gonna lie i do like some music like when i get to my summary point in the sermon it's just you know it's maybe the musician side some of y'all look at me like gosh he's so shallow i thought you were deeper than that pastor jamie it's okay i just want a little music i'm good it's like totally what it's all about right now so when you look Generally and specifically, at this thing of staying in your lane. Again, there's things that we're all called to do as children of God. Everybody's called to them. Okay? See? Look at that. I might sing. What cue are you in? I might sing something. Right <laughs> we'll write a song like on the spot here. Stay in your lane, yeah. <laughs> I might do it. Don't get me started. <laughs> oh, man, that's good. And give it up for Sharad and the worship team. Did they not do a great job today? So they're my people, but, you know, I got to give it up for my people. I'm grateful for everybody who's a part of our team. So there's things that we're all called to generally as children of God. But there's something and there are things that you are specifically called to do. Don't shortchange that. Don't sell that short. And don't look at it like it's less. You know what I'm saying? Whatever it is, it's your lane is. My wife got me on this one the, the, a few months ago because we made a choice when we did our move. I've told half of our moving story in that last sermon I preached, but we moved out to Newberry. Some things that we wanted to do in our home that would stay in our budget, we needed to move out to Newberry. I tried my best, I didn't want to drive that far. But you know what? My lane wants to go out to Newberry. I had a different plan. I was like, Lord, it's so close. If I stay in here, less gas money, all that stuff. He's like, my provision for you is over here. You can reject it, and I rejected it. My wife, who's more spiritual than I, uh, was telling me for about a year, year and a half, we need to go look here because I believe this is where we need to be. And she just respectfully just submitted it to me. Until one Saturday I woke up and I said, okay, let's go drive out to Newberry. And I've downplayed it for a little while after that. Like, yeah, well, we did what we could. Before she goes, no, we received the blessing that God called for us to receive. Love you, girl. Yes, that's right. Hands waved the whole night. The blessing that we were called to because that's our lane. Don't shortchange yourself and don't belittle or downplay what it is you're called to do. Oh, you might sit there and look at it like this guy over here. Wow, they're doing such big things for God. Or they're experiencing whatever blessing. Your lane is just as powerful because it glorifies the Father and brings his joy into your life. So don't compare it to somebody else's. Culture of comparison, put it under your feet. It is not what you're called to receive. Rejoice in that. Praise God. Bless that brother. Bless that sister. Man, thank God for what they're doing. i don't have to worry about it over at my side and be like can i be more like him you know it's a big we as we in ministry have to deal with that you got your brother over here and oh wow wow praise wow you guys had how many people on sunday oh wow cool and 86 million people got saved on sunday wow i mean that's not really a number i just put that out there but in our mind that's what we can do right I, I, they walk in the door, and everybody is falling down, getting saved right away as soon as they walk the door. And every 30 people who step in their door, instead of, like, checking them out, they get all, all join the church. Everybody, and everybody stays. Everybody's happy. Nobody ever cusses each other out or gets mad at the pastor at their church. It's perfect over there. That's just because you don't live there <laughs> to see all the, you know, I always say, the grass looks greener over there because you don't see all the dog poo that's in the grass. Mmm, Jesus, yes. Jamie chapter 1, verse 6. That's the reality. It's like, that grass looks so green. You're just not close enough to see what they have to deal with. They got their own stuff they have to deal with. Stay in your lane. Don't get distracted by that. Because God has a specific work for you, which is good and blessed and beautiful. Receive it. So I had to make an acronym because it's what I do. I, just, I stayed in my lane. I, I started to resist it. But you guys know, like, every time I preach, I make an acronym. And I was like oh that's like uh, am I like a one trick pony he's like no stay in your lane (laughs) so for L, we have this lay aside every weight of distraction I love the fact that when you look in Hebrews chapter 1 I'm sorry 12 verse 1 that it says every weight and sin okay some of it is sin some of it is not sin it's just weights that you're causing yourself to not be able to fully embrace what God has called you to do because you're picking up stuff you're not supposed to pick up. Okay? Usain Bolt is Hussein Bolt because he runs distraction and weight free. He doesn't even load it down. Oh man, if this guy in that lane, no, he is moving down the track, focused on my goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Not worried about what my neighbor's doing, loving my neighbor as I should. Focus on the course that god has for me secondly allow god to show you any distractions you're susceptible to because there's things sometimes you're susceptible to distractions and you don't realize i'll tell you a story years ago pastor george called us to a year of fasting one day a week as a church okay and everybody was like yay no they weren't <laughs> let's not lie come on you hear fasting and people are like oh <laughs> like yeah thank you lord we want the fruit come on let's be real and the spiritual benefit of it but come on do your flesh say like yay i'm gonna not eat and i was super excited about that not usually so i get this word before that that god called me to fast one day a week for some specific things and so i thought oh man fasting credit boom Pastor George said the whole church is fasting. We're good. Boom. I'm already set. I was literally sitting right over in that area somewhere. And I'm like all excited. Like, yes, I was ahead of the curve. And Holy Spirit was like, no, you weren't. Because that's a whole different thing. You're called to join with your church. But this is something I've called you to. Do your math. That means two days a week. Mm Mm-hmm. Spent about a year fasting two days a week. And I did get skinnier than I already am. So people ask me, Pastor Suzanne at one point asked me, and the Lord didn't have me share with anybody. So I'm just like, mm. She's like, are you okay? I was wondering, because you're getting even skinnier. And I was like, mm. <laughs> Like, yep, I'm getting skinnier than I already was. Sinch up the belt, whatever. But the Holy Spirit said it. And I... I'm over here like a free agent in the NFL trying to negotiate with the Lord. Like, Lord, couldn't you just credit a brother one day because I got the one day? I mean, could we do like three days, you know, at different times? He's like, that's what I called you to do. You can do it or not, but you'll see fruit if you obey me, and I did. Today, my dad confesses Jesus because of that. Come on. I saw a breakthrough in my family that I wouldn't have seen Why? Staying in my lane of what God said. Didn't try to compare it to somebody else. I did at the beginning, but then I finally wised up and said, okay, Lord, your way is better. (laughs) And it came with great fruit and joy, okay? So allow God to show you where those distractions are that you're susceptible to. Three, never quit your race. Never quit the race. Now, the thing is, there's the idea, generally speaking, like, am I going to not confess Jesus, right, and quit the race of, like, the faith overall? But some of us quit the race that God has specifically for us. And we keep doing the general Christian stuff. But we stop the race that we're supposed to do. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Is don't get away from the thing that God is calling you to do specifically in quitting that race. Okay? There are some specific things in the context of you being a believer that God has said for you to do. And he can more than accomplish it in and through your life. But you've got to be willing to say, Lord, Yes. Yes, I receive it. I will walk in what you've called me to walk in and trust you in the process. The word says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. That's what you want to receive and walk in today. And E, embrace all of the ways that God wants to equip you to stay in your lane. So again, all those things there to remind you. Why? So that you can run your race distraction free and be about what the Father has called you to do. His grace is sufficient, for his strength is perfected in your weakness. If you have a weakness or a challenge or an inability or an eye that looks over into the next lane, say, Lord, help me. I need your strength. Because here I'm not strong enough yet, but you are, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I lack in this area, but you have everything in your vast stores of power and wisdom and grace to pour into my life. To see a great work done in me for this generation for your glory and for my joy let's pray together Father thank you so much today that your word is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword that you've set before us a course and a path which is good and you've called us to lay aside every sin and every weight that would easily ensnare us and entrap us and cause us to get off of the lane that you called us to run in And God, you've enabled us to lay those aside so that we can focus and run the race you've called us to, looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Forgetting what lies behind us and pressing on to the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So I thank you for every person here today and for what they need to do. God, I thank you that there is more than enough grace for them to do it. Because you have created good works beforehand that we should walk in them. And I'm declaring that they will take them up, Father, this house. We will take them up, Lord, as a people to fulfill the race that you've called us to fulfill and run it. In Jesus' name. Now, I want to speak to those who might not know any of this yet because you haven't yet made a commitment to Jesus or you are not certain talking about running a race, talking about fulfilling God's purpose for your life, and you need to come to the primary focus, which is that you've given your life to Jesus so that he can even reveal that to you and show you where your steps should go. And so today, those online, as well as those here and the sound of my voice in this room, want to give you the opportunity. Put a hand up today and say, you know what, I need to pray this prayer. We're all gonna pray it together in just a moment for the first, for, the, for, for this moment. But for those of you who need to pray it for the first time to really receive it, or maybe you've prayed it before and you need to really pray it again to make sure that you are walking with the one true God by the way made perfect by Jesus Christ. I wanna give you that opportunity today. So as we're heads are bowed, eyes are closed, throw a hand up if that's you, and we're gonna pray together in just a second. So put a hand up if that's you this morning. All right, I see your hand. I see your hand as well. I'm gonna pray with we're gonna pray with these couple and believe that anybody else who's online who may need to pray this prayer, that they can pray it as well. And we're gonna believe for salvation. So let's pray it right now. Say Lord Jesus. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your heart of love toward us. I thank you that you died on the cross and rose from the dead so that we could be forgiven, restored, perfected, and established in you. I receive by faith today the forgiveness that you provided And the grace to walk in what you've called me to do. I thank you for your saving power and your grace in my life. I honor you today. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Come on, put your hands together for those who responded to the gospel this morning. that's you i encourage you this morning and you prayed for the first time i want to encourage you it's like we've been talking about this morning about staying in your lane there's a place where god has called you and there's stuff for everybody but then there's stuff just for you but you got to begin the race and the beginning of it is this place of salvation so i want to encourage you not to just lift your hand and then be done come get with one of us leaders up here and 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 let us know that you've made that commitment and, and let's get plugged in. And just like those areas that I talked about being equipped, let's get equipped for what God has called us to do. Be discipled and taught and trained and build up and really understand and lay hold of your faith today. All right, thank you all. Thank you for listening to this message from The Rock of Gainesville. For more information about our church, visit www.therockonline.org.